at that time, they sent me to the Galapagos uh, Islands, where I was kind of stationed for a year. And um, that was just an extraordinary time. I mean, to be in the Galapagos Islands and to be kind of the point person for Nat Geo. And um, I was kind of, I became sort of the point person for a lot of different companies, NHK out of Japan, uh, Discovery, Travel, uh, you name it, they were getting in touch with me, which ended up sort of teaching me how to become a point person for like the Florida Keys later on. But um, any any production that came into into the Galapagos Islands went under heavy scrutiny by the Galapagos National Park on where they were standing, uh, you know, uh, where they would shoot, where they were able to go to, could they spend the night on an island? Because, you know, 90% of these islands are uninhabited and, and obviously they're like the jewel of the world's ecosystem. And so uh, touching anything, breathing wrong on a plant is, mm-hmm. is uh, you know, out of bounds. And so, uh, when I was living down there, uh, I was just shooting a ton of, of videos. And then it, that kind of moved into shooting a commercial for Wild Aid, um, which in turn ended up turning into PSAs that I was shooting for the Ecuadorian government. Uh, I would go out on these extraordinary nighttime hunts. You know, the, the Ecuadorian uh, Navy is the only Navy in the world that's allowed to fire on you if you are even within their uh, marine reserve. Um, and so the, the Navy and the Coast Guard have like submachine guns mounted on the front of their boats. I mean, it's hardcore stuff. And we would go yeah. out and like, we you know, go I, out. can you, can you give yeah. us a little bit of background while you're saying that about so, the Galapagos? Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, yeah. it so, is earth week right now. So oh, yeah, that's kind of important. Oh so, yeah. So, so the Galapagos is the largest marine reserve in the world. Um, uh, you know, it's the largest um, uninhabited island in the world, Fernandina Island. Uh, you know, there are more uh, animals per square kilometer than anywhere else in the world. So it's the most biodiverse area uh, that you can find. Um, and in the marine reserve, it's equally under the water. Basically, it's it's the same. It's more fish species than anywhere else in the world. And it's the confluence of three different um currents, one coming kind of up from the uh, Antarctic, which um, is uh, brings all the penguins that you see like in the Galapagos up um, and a lot of cold weather fish. And then, um, you know, currents coming down from Mexico on the west side um, and then clean water coming in from the Pacific. And so this confluence is just makes it very nutrient rich and uh, every fish species you could think of is right there. So because of that, the Ecuadorian government created the National Marine Reserve, I believe, back in 1975, something like that. Um, it's uh, a World Heritage Site. But the problem is overfishing. Um, and because it's so biodiverse, you have a lot of uh, Chinese companies that hire uh, Central American workers for like a dollar a day, not even sometimes 50 cents a day, will buy the boats out of, South, uh, of Central America Uh, And then they'll come down to the Galapagos and they'll spend months there fishing um, and the loads that they will get, you know, will provide their family and extended family enough money for two to three years. And so it's a very lucrative thing that you can do as a Central American. Um, They don't hire really out of South America because there's sort of a a kinship that the Ecuadorians and Peruvians and um, everyone on the West coast Chileans have with the Galapagos. And so they wouldn't dare kind of hire 
um, out of that area. But, uh, you know, they'll come down and they fish out. They use long nets, which catch basically everything. So dolphins, whales, like you name it, things that they're not even trying to catch. Uh, and then they scrape the bottom uh, for sea cucumbers. There's a sort of wild myth uh, in China and also in Japan as well that if you eat sea cucumbers, it, it sort of works as an aphrodisiac, uh, which is completely not true. Um, but it's a delicacy over there. And and it really ruins the ecosystem because sea cucumbers are basically the filter of the Galapagos of that National Marine Reserve. So because of that, and because the Galapagos is such a large tourism industry, um, the Ecuadorian government has really shut down on that. And, and these illegal fishing uh, companies don't care at all, at all. And they go in and a lot of them have uh, machine guns as well. And we'll, um, I mean, I, when I say machine guns, I mean like fully loaded automatic, you know, uh, 90 millimeter, like massive bullets that can pierce through the hulls of boats. Um, you know, they're armed to the teeth and they will fight back against the Ecuadorian Navy. Um, so, uh, it's, it's a war down there. I, I, I can't put it any other way than it is flat out war. And so there have been so many times that we were on boats with bullets piercing the sides of, of these Navy boats uh, where they would tell us to get down kind of into the inner sanctum of the boat. Um, there were nighttime gunfires where you would see bullets skipping off of the top of the water, uh, these sort of just flashes going off the top of the water. Um, it was insane. And, and, and they would hunt them down. I mean, these Navy units are using top GPS. A lot of the new boats that they're fishing with are using like graphite hulls um, to not be as detected. I mean, it's, it's, it's literally on the level of like cocaine uh, smuggling. And so uh, that was, that was a major thing that I covered uh, for years down in the Galapagos. And, um, and then something extraordinary happened. Um, I was sick of living in the Galapagos, um, and, and there was a sort of disillusionment to it as well, uh, because I had become very disillusioned because, you know, you, you, you tend to think, um, that there are these tiny, tiny islands in the middle of the Pacific ocean. We could at least save those islands and we're not, we're not, um, there are every there's everything from government intervention on construction to overpopulation issues to illegal fishing to oil spills. I mean, you just can't imagine that like these tiny islands we can, like that humans can't even save this sort of most biodiverse tiny piece of the world. We can't even not mess that up. And it became so sad and so deeply hurtful and the fact that you know you would do all of these things and nothing helped and it just got worse and worse and worse over years and at that point i sort of realized that my time had run out in the galapagos um and i was this was in december um and i was a couple weeks away from uh coming back to the states for the first time in years uh to visit my parents for christmas and so I was in this town called Puerto Ayora, and this is the sort of one of the capitals of the Galapagos. And um, uh, I, it was a very strange town because the cruise ships were mand mandated to leave every day 
by 3 p.m. And so at 3 p.m., the town emptied out of tourists. They all left the Galapagos National Park where like the oldest turtle is, George, and um, and and uh, they would go on their boats off to another island. So at, at 3 p.m. every day, uh, the town emptied out and there were only a couple other white boys like myself that lived on the island, a couple of Swiss scientists that I knew uh, that lived there and worked at the Charles Darwin Foundation. And um, we were all kind of friends and stuff like that. Well, one day, uh, this is like a week away from leaving. I'm walking down the streets in, Port- in Puerto Ayora and um, I see these four somewhat overweight white dudes just walking down the street. And, and that was odd just on its own. Uh, but one of them, I looked at him and I was like, God damn it. I know who this, I, I know this guy. I don't know from where, but I know this guy. And I kept looking at him as he was walking down the street and they kind of went into this little like bodega that doubles as a pizza place at night. And, um, and I was totally uh, not inconspicuous. I was kind of like, walking down the street, looking in and uh, looking at them sitting at this table. And they kind of got driven. They would kind of like weirdly look at me, but this guy I just knew from somewhere. And I, so I kind of walked in and I said hi to the owner who I knew. And then I was kind of scouting them. And at that point they were kind of, we were making so much eye contact that it would have been weird had I not gone up to them. So I went up to this guy and I said, um, you know, excuse me, like, do I look familiar to you? Because you look really familiar to me. I don't know where we know each other from, but, and he said, um, I, I don't know. He said, what's your name? I said, Quincy Perkins. And he said, doesn't ring a bell. I said, what's your name? He said, Russell Crowe. Oh, and I went, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's you, isn't it? That's you. And my voice went up like 10 octaves and, uh, and he was like, do we know each other? And I was like, nah, <laughs> I, uh, I don't think so. I don't think we've ever met. And sitting to his left was Peter Weir, uh, oh. director of Dead Poets Society and Truman right. Show. And, um, and then uh, a guy named Alan Curtis, who was a first AD, who's done like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. I mean, like every big, massive franch- uh, sort of sci-fi franchise. And they said, you know, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I have been working for the last couple of years with the Galapagos National Park. And that geo is the sort of, you know, interdisciplinary thing between the two organizations. And and they were like, oh, that's fascinating. And tell us about it and blah, blah, blah. And so I ended up sitting with them and, and talking with them and having a beer and pizza. And, and they said, so do you speak Spanish? I said, yeah, fluently. And, the, and Peter Weir said, uh, look, you know, um, we just fired my translator. He didn't work out for us. We were in Quito and um, and I'm looking to hire someone that can be on set between me and kind of because they were using an Ecuadorian crew, a lot of Ecuadorians on the crew. And they had to per the rules of the government there as well, especially being in the Galapagos. And so they said, would you want to stay with us and shoot this movie? 